Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you are listening to The Sarah Sloan Podcast. Oh my gosh, how are you guys? Missed you like crazy. Separation anxiety? It's not good. It's not good. It's embarrassing. I should be better than that. I should be past that point of being so clingy, so needy. Have you ever had that clingy, needy friend where you're like, ooh, this isn't really about enjoying me anymore. This is really about having unmet needs yourself. And you're putting that kind of pressure on me to be like the perfect friend. And I'll never be able to be that. So we better stop this right now in its tracks before it gets worse. That's the worst. I hate that. I really do. And hate's a strong word. Trust me. I would know. I would know. Oh, man. So much happening in the world. You know, I feel like we've got to start with Israel. Obviously, nobody listens to this podcast thinking, Sarah knows the most about the Israel-Palestine conflict. Um, Hamas, really. Honestly, the terrorist group. I would say, if you want, like, the best information, this is my opinion. I know I'm biased. I know I'm biased. I'm good-looking, but I'm biased. Ben Shapiro, uh, his show that he did... October 9th, his October 9th show. It was horrific. It was not fun to watch, but it really showed you what happened. And yeah, I pretty much saw a beheading on video. So yeah, that was not fun to watch. But how he started the video is just, he said, look, he's like, you need to look, you need to see evil because it's happening. And we're so blessed in this country. And I think we honestly take it for granted every day of just how good we have it while there are people that are dying. So if you kind of want the gist of what happened, this terrorist group, Hamas, um, they broke through a border wall, uh, that uh, Israel's border wall, and... They attacked this kind of music festival with a bunch of people. And just imagine like there's, yeah, 260 people dancing, just enjoying this music and just being gunned down, killing everybody in sight. It's not, it's not like a school shooting event where, oh, they got this person, but they didn't get that person. The majority of people were fine. Just a few were killed. No, like pretty much, pretty much everybody was killed. Um, so yeah, so it looks like and, you know, these numbers are updating constantly. Sadly, they shouldn't be. But, yeah, over 700 Israelis have so far, so far been killed by uh, Hamas. And then over 100 civilian and soldiers were taken to Gaza as hostages. So, you know, there's just horrific videos. Uh, they just started going in and just going up to each home, shooting up families and everything. So, you know... It, it's absolutely terrible. And Benjamin Netanyahu, he's the prime minister for Israel. And so he he's very kind of firm and he's going to obviously retaliate, which a lot of people are, are upset at. And a lot of people are asking, Democrats especially, some Democrats, not every, not every Democrat, that wouldn't be fair to say. But some Democrats are saying cease fire, cease fire. Um, I think it's the squad and, you know, they're shooting rockets. Hamas has been shooting rockets, and then the Iron Dome basically fights back those rockets by 
yeah, counteracting and destroying those rockets. And each of those rockets, you know, cost so much money. And so just grave destruction. It's really, really ugly, really ugly. So yeah, so they are really, they're at war. And so they, they've already killed hundreds of Palestinians and yeah, there's children that are being killed. You know, it's, it's hard to avoid whenever it's just this onslaught. So on both sides, kids are being killed, grandparents, just entire families. It's, it's absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, they, they need our prayers. Israel needs our play, uh, our prayers and Hamas needs our prayers too. You know, the fact that, that that is something that they want to do, that they want, they want to destroy and kill and rape and pillage and everything else. That's, that's, that's another level of evil that I don't think we're used to. We're really not used to that. So, yeah, it's horrific. It's ugly. And, yeah, I, I, would, I would keep updated with, with Ben Shapiro if you could. Um, now, of course, you know, how did Hamas have the funds to be able to, to fight like this? The rockets, the machine guns they have. Obviously, it could be debated, but recently, Biden funded it seems like he funded them by giving them $6 billion so that they could kind of restart their oil production, Iran, and then Hamas work together to be able to have the funds to to go at Israel. Without $6 billion, it probably would not have been as effective. You need funds for war. War is expensive. So it it really makes it look pretty bad on Biden's part. And of course he's saying all the right things. We, we defend Israel. No one should ever be attacked like this. But when you partly funded it, it really, those nice words, they're just not helpful. And Israel is an ally for us. We should really prioritize them. And then you get into this debate of, well, should, you know, everyone's against now funding Ukraine should we fund Israel? And it's like, yeah, we should fund Israel. We should help them out because they are our allies. Ukraine has not been as much of our ally and we have done enough for them. Uh, I think, you know, I think we probably better stop now and divert funds over to Israel. No one said that we were against just helping out in general, but in Ukraine's situation, that has long been overdue that we need to stop. I think Mike Pence, he was like almost blaming. I think he was almost blaming Trump. What do you say? What happens when we have leading voices like Donald Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Ron DeSantis signaling retreat from America's role as leader of the free world? I, look, uh, that what happened in Ukraine was an unprovoked invasion by Russia. What happened? He had some comments. Yeah, Trump DeSantis. Yeah, let's let's get this real quick. He suggested Trump and DeSantis share blame in Israel attack for signaling retreat on the world stage. Former Pri- uh, Vice President Mike Pence blamed President Biden as well as his fellow Republicans such as Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis for the devastating attack on Israel by Hamas over the weekend. 
Pence commented on the attack Sunday morning on CNN's State of the Union when co-host Dana Bash noted that he had criticized leaders in the Republican Party for signaling American retreat as leader of the free world as an influence. And then she asked Dana Bash, uh, CNN, are you talking about your former running mate? And then Pence said, well, I am. Then he said, I also believe this is what happens when we have leading voices like Donald Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis signaling retreat from America's role as leader of the free world. What happened in Ukraine was an unprovoked invasion by Russia. What happened this weekend was an unprovoked invasion by Hamas into Israel. And I believe now more than ever, both the debate within the Republican Party and the debate within America is whether or not we're going to once again stand without apology as the leader of the free world, as the arsenal of democracy. Oh, boy. So, yeah, and then he goes into his campaign. Not a time to do that, by the way. Like, sure, campaign, whenever it's just regular stuff happening, you don't need to use a terrible war and invasion to promote yourself. And then he said, the heartbreaking images coming out of both these theaters of operations remind us that America is the indispensable leader of the free world, and if I'm president of the United States, we'll lead from American strength. So... You know, well, okay. And of course, he said some good things. Yeah, so what did he say? He said, um, yeah, he kind of blamed the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And then, yeah, trying to get back into the Iran nuclear deal. And then paying $6 billion in ransom for hostages. So, yeah. Yes, that's what it was, hostages. Yeah, so the reason that that's a bad thing that the U.S. paid $6 billion for hostages is basically it was showing Iran that there's a price in stealing Americans. And so if you're in Iran and you're an American, you better run. Um, but it also shows you're worth a lot of money. But yeah, you don't want to reward, uh, you don't want to reward evil people like that. Golly. So yeah. I know there's going to be more updates and, you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of what our role looks like in this, in this whole catastrophe. But I do wonder, golly, I do wonder if, if this would have happened under Trump and I don't know, I don't truly know, but it didn't happen under Trump and it's happening now. So, uh, it's very sad indeed. Yeah. Be praying for Israel. Blessings on that beautiful land. Um, okay, so this was something that happened a bit ago, but I, I just wanted to give my comments on it because I just thought it was so fascinating. Everybody know Lauren Boebert. She is a representative for from Colorado, and she she's honestly become pretty popular amongst conservatives, uh, hated amongst Democrats and rhinos because she's extremely outspoken, and... I remember hearing about her probably earlier than a lot of the people in in the U.S. Just because I know someone from Colorado and they had told me about her before she was even starting in the in the Congress. And so it was really like exciting hearing about her. Oh, she has this big family, works at a restaurant, super uh, pro-gun, just as a Christian and everything else. And, you know, she had continued to be impressive really as a leader. So I was very very happy with her, just how outspoken she was. Uh, you know, a lot of Republicans, they may vote the same, but not all of them use their words in 
a proclamation of the truth. And so it's kind of nice to see someone, you know, screaming out and everything else. But yeah, the, recently I think she is divorcing her husband. And I think her husband was even saying, you know, I'm partly to blame for this, blah, blah, blah. So it, it's kind of interesting and sad because, you know, families are affected. Divorce is never a good thing. That's never something that needs to be celebrated, um, which I think TikTok, the trend has been to celebrate divorce, which is not good. And then she, Lauren Boebert was at this concert, um, not concert, musical production, Beetlejuice, and they were, her and this guy she was on a date with were just in the crowd, you know, watching and sexually touching each other, fondling each other. He was grabbing her breast. She was keeping his hands there. It, it was kind of disturbing um, to see. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. But then once I saw the video, um, it was pretty gross. And, but it was also interesting, a little sidebar. They got the surveillance of that video so quickly and it was out everywhere in the press. And of course, if you probably go to a musical theater production or just like any movie production, you're probably thinking if you're sitting in the dark that nobody's going to see you, that cameras aren't going to be able to monitor you. Um, you don't expect to be seen by the entire country. But, you know, it was kind of gross to see that and it made you think differently of her. Um, yeah, and it was it was honestly it was disappointing. She was uh, she was vaping during the production. She was being loud, and um, she was even kicked out. She apologized. She said I was having too much fun or whatever. This guy, I think she's thirty six. He's forty six. He apparently owns a bar, and they've had drag queens there, LGBTQ events there, and yeah, he's a Democrat. And it's just really confusing. Why is she dating this guy? And it just makes you wonder, like what is going on what is happening to lauren bobert now in the scheme of things do i think that every politician should or sorry never sins never makes mistakes no because we all sin we all make mistakes we all do things that we're ashamed of and it would be silly to think the opposite but yeah it was extremely disheartening nevertheless um just because one of her huge things has been against drag queens protecting our children. And so then she's dating the opposition, essentially. What it taught me, you know, just my weeks to think about it and dwell on it, is that we need Jesus. And I know that's like a, oh, well, duh, blah, blah, blah. Don't we need you? Yeah, yeah, we need Jesus. We need him. We can't put our faith and hope in anybody. They're always going to disappoint us. They are. And it's sad, but it's true. And I think we would be better served by hoping for the best, but also not having more hope in a person than in God. God's the one we're supposed to believe in consistent perfection because that's what he is. He is perfect. And we strive to be like him. But then also giving grace to people. I think she's probably a different woman after that embarrassment. And I, I think she's not proud of that moment. And I don't think she'd want to do it again. And if, if we think that, oh, I would never do that. That's disgusting. I, I would never do such a morally depraved action. You don't know that. We, we are unpredictable beings. And we sometimes do things that we don't expect. 
And obviously we would hope we'd never do something like that. But seriously, we don't know. And it's so arrogant to just assume that we would never do that. And that we're somehow morally superior to Lauren Boebert. We're not. We all need God. And I think she knows that. And also, we should extend grace. Oftentimes, like if you think about just in a workplace, an employee, if an employee like makes a huge mistake and you're like, oh, I should fire this employee and hire somebody different. Well, you're hiring someone different. You don't know anything about that person. You don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to behave, if they're teachable, if they're humble, or if they're prideful, if they're a freak. You know, you have no idea. But what you do know is that this person just made a mistake. And obviously, if they didn't apologize, if they said, I'm never going to change, then like, seriously, throw them away. But if they, if they are being teachable, if they are being humble, if they're like, oh my gosh, I just, I just did that, whatever mistake it was. Oh my gosh, um, I am so sorry. I, I'm, I will never do that again. Then you've got somebody you know and trust to try to correct their behavior. It's better to keep that person who made that huge mistake rather than bring in some unknown. If we really believe in the society that we need to throw away a person because they've made one mistake, then, oh gosh, uh, we don't deserve anything. I better get the heck out of here. No, I'm going to stay actually because I need to. Um, yeah, grace is so important. And it, it was a little funny because at the time, a lot of people were calling for her to step down. This is so inappropriate. Oh my gosh, you're the worst. Acting like no other politician has done sexual stuff before. Let's just think a few seconds on other politicians who have maybe done things they shouldn't sexually. Hmm. A few come to mind. Just a few. You could argue much worse than what she did. You could argue. But at the same time, it was very interesting because there was a Virginia election going on and there was this woman running for, what was it? Gosh, I think it was, was it Senate? Ah, I forget. I forget. But her name is, um, Susanna Gibson. Um, okay. No, sorry. A seat in the Virginia house of delegates and it's, just outside of Richmond is what the, the article says. And so she is running and well, guess what? She has had sex with her husband in live videos uh, and the videos were posted on pornographic websites and they asked for viewers to pay them money in return for carrying out specific sexual acts. So essentially prostitution. Well, at least they're married while they're doing it. Oh, that's so much better. Thank God I didn't. Oh, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Woo. Woo. No, it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. So at the same time, Democrats were rushing to defend this woman saying that they're, um, they're invading her privacy. This is disgusting. Uh, people need to leave her alone. And at the same time, Laura Robert's fondling somebody and, oh, get rid of her. She's the worst human being. She's excrement, whatever word you want to use. The standards are, they are interesting. They are interesting. So, and that's a nice word to use. 
I don't even really like nice words. Okay, so something else that um, that I quickly wanted to mention was Taylor Swift. And I don't really like her music. I, I recognize that she has talent. You know, I think it'd be kind of stupid to, to say that she doesn't. But yeah, she has talent. She's able to draw a crowd. It's very interesting. But she is 33 years old now. And she continues to date different guys. She just ended a pretty long relationship with this one guy. And now she's with a football player named Travis Kelsey. And I think he plays for the Chiefs. I Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I don't know too much about football, nor do I ever care to. But he had been in his podcast kind of mentioning, oh, I have a friendship bracelet for you. I, I'm interested in you. And, you know, silence, radio silence. And then out of nowhere, he, like, says, hey, you're kicking it at this at your concert, and I'll be kicking it at this football game. Do you want to come and watch? And then she shows up, and she's with his mother, which is apparently, like, a trend. She's always, like, hanging out with the mothers of whoever she's interested in romantically. And then they're seen leaving, holding hands and all that. And then she's seen at, like, a bar with him, sitting on his lap. And so... But recently, in the past few days, it's just been quiet on this relationship. So everybody who's a Swifty, which is basically a term for her fans, is just like, oh, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. She's finally with someone who's like, who gets her, who like appreciates her, who's fangirling over her and all that. And it's it's very interesting and and kind of funny Uh, because, yeah, I think it is true. He's definitely different than the other guys she's been with. But, But my question is like, does she want to settle down? I don't think she does. I think she wants to continue to date around. And here, here's the worst part. Uh, for me personally, I um, I can understand that. Sometimes it's kind of exciting whenever you figure out someone attractive is single. You're like, ooh, ooh, well. And whenever they're taken, it's just like, oh, whatever. Like, there's this famous comedian, and, you you know, obviously comedians are traveling to and fro doing shows, and she said that she was on this plane, and this guy was sitting next to her, and he was just very nice, charming, and they just strike up a conversation, and they're pretty much talking the entirety of the flight. Like, she would have obviously liked to sleep, but the guy was attractive and charming, and so she didn't mind talking to him. And, you know, he's just, like, they're just laughing it up, enjoying each other, And then near the end of the flight, he's like, oh my gosh, I've got to tell my girlfriend that I was talking to you. And she's just thinking, oh, your girlfriend. Okay. And she's thinking, I just wasted that entire conversation with somebody who's taken. And she was so ticked. And she was telling this on like very public podcasts. And it was so funny because I'm sure that that guy heard that. And I wonder what he thought, like if he was just like, man, she's, she's a jerk for telling that story or whatever. I don't know what he thought, but it is so true. Like if you're dating somebody, you got to say it up front. And because if, if you're single and you're talking to somebody who's attractive and single, you're thinking, I'm sorry, like I know it's immature, but immediately your mind is thinking they could be the one. What if this person is the one? It happened to me one time. I, I was, um, I was going, I went to this comedy show 
um, at this university and I was, you know, it was just kind of student tickets. And so I sat down and this guy, he then comes like 10 minutes later and he sits down and, you know, he's not bad looking. Um, and so I was just like sitting there and then we're just like making conversation a little bit. He's like, I can move. And I was like, no, no, you're fine. Like, and, and yeah, it's embarrassing, but I'll totally admit it. I was thinking like, what if him and I became a couple? Didn't know the guy, didn't know anything. It's just where your mind goes to immediately, immediately. And then of course, you know, I'm saying bye and everything to him. And you know, he's obviously not interested and I've never heard from him since. But this can happen like so often for people. Wow, I got on a tangent. But I need to talk about it. You know, if it came out like that, you know, I think I needed to talk about it. That's all to say, back to Taylor Swift. I think she enjoys being interesting in that way. I think, you know, I, there is going to be a point in time where, okay, she'll be 45. Okay, she'll be 50. It won't be as cool anymore to do this whole date around thing. I, I just, I do question if she's going to get married. And obviously it's, I'm sure she can get married. Like, I'm sure there's, there are plenty of guys out there who would like to marry her. But she's obviously doing something that is making guys not want to ask. So I wonder. You know, I made a point oh, like months ago about Pete Davidson. He seems to be able to attract any girl he wants and date any girl he wants, but he can't keep them. He can't ever get them to go to the next step of in getting engaged, of getting married. It just doesn't seem to happen for him. And I think Taylor Swift is a similar scenario. And if you look really closely, they actually look very similar. <laughs> I'm joking, they don't. They don't look similar at all. Uh, but it's fun to say. And I needed to say that. Gosh, okay, so let's see. Ooh, I, I did want to quickly touch on this as well. I'm all over the place, but yeah, you know that, you know that. By the way, what are you doing in here? I didn't say you could be in here, so get away. Now, I have grown increasingly frustrated with conservatives saying what I'm about to say. It is honestly infuriating and I hear it so often it's like I'm not that kind of a person that lets my anger out by punching walls but if I was man you'd see a very bloodied fist a very bloodied fist I'm so over it and I mentioned conservatives because I don't expect liberals to think any differently what it is, is the trans issue. I am sick of conservatives, anytime they're talking about the trans issue, saying, well, and you know what? Um, this trans issue, it's so inappropriate, it's terrible that they're trying to, you know, mutilate these kids or do these treatments on kids. If you're an adult and you want to do that, you go ahead, you're fine. Nobody cares, you do that. But for the kids, it's terrible. And... You know, if I if I find a clip on it, I will insert it in, in the podcast. Um, I'm sure it won't be too difficult, but also I have to have the energy to be able to do so. And I will insert it in of somebody saying it. I hear it on so many podcasts from so many very public conservative speakers. And it is, it is getting so old. It's getting so old. 
what's going on. Uh, I think my father's been very clear. Get the hell away from our children. Now, I, I've even said this. I've gotten in trouble because they tried to. If you're a 45 year old dude and you want to identify as a woman, honestly, I could care less. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to hear about it. Stay the fuck away from our kids. But, you know, there, there's an element. It's just like, do you know, I, I don't want to control what someone does. There's a libertarian streak in me and that. But but again, like. Do kids matter so much more than adults? Because I think in God's eyes, he loves us all, regardless of age. Regardless of age. Kids, adults, the elderly, they all matter to God. And so if something is wrong for children to do, that is a horrific act upon their body, whether it be cutting off a penis or trying to cut off skin and creating, maybe on your arm or something, and creating a penis, or slicing off your boobs, losing the nipple, whatever, whatever you're doing to mutilate yourself to become another gender, if that is wrong for children, should that not also be wrong for adults? And what I'm saying is so blatantly obvious, I don't think I'm special in any way to say this. I, I know I'm just a, a wee little girl who may sip some tea and some coffee, but we'll never mix them together unless it's a chai tea latte and I make it a dirty chai where I add in the shot of espresso. It's very expensive at Starbucks, but it's delicious. I don't think I'm special in any way to say that. But why am I hearing people that I really admire saying it's perfectly fine for adults to do that? I think it's disgusting. I think it's abhorrent. And I don't think it's good for that person. You can believe whatever delusion you want, but it doesn't make it true. And just because you can believe it and you have a right to believe it, it's, it doesn't make it a good thing. It's a bad thing. Transgenderism is a bad thing thing. Everybody, when they argue this, they talk about the freak incidents where somebody is born with both parts or something like that, or no parts at all. I don't even know. What's the word for that? I don't even know the word for that. I think it's a long word. I wish I was that smart to, to know that kind of a word. But it's fatiguing. It's fatiguing. It's not a good thing. Like, what if I came on the show next week or next month or something? And I'm no longer Sarah. I am Sarah. And I've tried to create this, this penis and I've sliced off my boobs. And I, and I'm living this life and I get a buzz cut, which if I ever do that, please like call somebody because something happened. Well, I'm an adult. So it's a good thing that I did that. At least I wasn't a child when I did it. It's a good thing. No, it's a bad thing. It's a very, very, very bad thing. And you're not living out your truth. You're living out the exact opposite of your truth. You are living out your lie to do that. It is what it is. Conservatives should be doing better. They should be doing better than to say, it's okay if you're an adult. Go ahead and do that to yourself. And I don't know why they're in this like libertarian zone of you do you boo whatever's in your house then chill we're all good with that dude to kind of connect the dots what's the recent incident with um not even incident it's been incidents kanye west and his new wife 
What's his What's his watch name? Kanye West's new wife. I think her name is Bianca. Yeah, her name's Bianca. And she looks actually pretty similar-ish to Kim Kardashian. So, Kanye's with his new wife going all around Italy. And there have been several reports that he... He controls what she eats. He controls what she says. There's literally pictures of her in public in Italy giving Kanye West a blowjob. You can see his buttocks. Thank God you can't see the other side, but you can see his buttocks. She's always dressed very weird. It's, it's a strange situation. The right and the left, I don't think likes what's happening with this relationship. It feels weird. It feels wrong. But according to them, consent matters above all. As long as there's consent, everything is okay. If there's not consent, then you shall be put in the guillotine. Chop the head off. It's not okay if there's no consent. Well... Bianca's friends have been reaching out to her and saying, hey, what's going on? You shouldn't be in this relationship. That kind of messaging overall. I don't know the exact words that they're saying to her. And she has basically told them, get away from me. Don't talk to me. I'm fine. I'm happy how I am. So she consents to this behavior. Well, okay. But yeah, she consents. So everything should be okay, right? Well, is it a good thing that a woman is in public giving blowjobs to her husband? Is that something that we, we want to see more of? There's consent? Oh, well, you know, that that's a private relationship. We need to respect their boundaries. No, no. And and then, of course, you can say, well, they're, they're doing it in, in public. That's what makes it wrong. If they did it in private... Well, gosh, do you think they started doing that in, in public? No, they probably started doing it in private. But what becomes okay in private then becomes okay in public. You get used to it. It, it Abhorrent behavior becomes okay in public. So then maybe it is important how we comport ourselves in our private lives. Within the walls of our homes. Because... How we are in private maybe could affect how we are in public. Hmm. 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 A lot of horrific things have been done in private that have affected a lot of people. Kidnappings, rapings, things like that, holding people hostage. That's been done in private. But it's in private, so it's okay. It's okay. But if it was in public, then that's a problem. There's a lot of screwy, screwy logic. And I think conservatives need to do better. Because we end up sounding a lot like the left in all this. Let me say it once more. Transgenderism is wrong, not only for children, but for people of all ages. It is not a good thing. You know, um, if it's okay for one person, what if everybody, everybody in the world was transgender? Would that be good for us? I don't think it would. I don't think it'd be a positive thing. So, if it's not good if everybody's doing it, 
Well, okay, what about exercise? I exercise, I think it's good. Well, what if everybody exercised? What if everybody exercised? Would that be a good thing? Yeah, it actually would be a good thing. Hmm. Okay. So then, based on this logic, transgenderism, transgenderism for the public is bad, but exercising is good. Yeah, follow logic is all I'll say. Okay, so. I have been a little testy today. I'm going to have to apologize to you. Um, hmm. I think I'm going to apologize October 32nd. Everyone's like looking at their calendar. They're like, oh my gosh, October 32nd. She's going to apologize. Write that down. Write that down. And then they realize it's not a real day. Actually, people trick me all the time whenever they do that. They're like, oh, October 31st for a month that doesn't have the 31st. And I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, totally. And then they're like, ha, 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 you dummy. You didn't realize? And I feel so stupid. I remember there was another time even, um, there's 365 days in a year and somebody was like, there's 366. And I was like, what? And, you know, but that person was so smart. And I was just like, oh, okay. I started to, like not even knowing what I believed anymore. But they were wrong. And it's okay to be wrong, but yeah. We got to correct the wrongs, baby. Are there eight days in a week or seven days? You decide. Whatever you decide is cool with me. Psych. That's what I was preaching against for the last 10 minutes. Like, come on, you guys. Let's not be silly here. Ooh, okay. So let's go to the verse. It's going to be... Colossians. Colossians is really good, by the way. Sorry, every book of the Bible is good, but I'm just saying, like, if you if you want a short, nice book with just packed with a lot of truth, obviously Ephesians is really good too. Philippians is they're all good, but Colossians, I don't know. It's just been it's been really good lately. Okay, so it's chapter four. Um, okay, so verse two. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open us. Uh, to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So yeah, so I, I liked that, uh, partly because it, it's, of course, telling us to pray. And regardless of the results, we should pray. You know, And I think that's the thing. We're looking for results in prayer. And instead, let's just pray. Like, no agenda. Forget all that stuff. Just pray. See what happens, please. And then it says, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Well, huh. Thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you, God, that I have this. Thank you, God, for that. And that's important. And that can change your life. Thanksgiving. Instead of prayers of, God, please help me with this. Please, uh, Thank you, God, that I'm overcoming this. Thank you, God, that you are making a way where there seems to be no way. Thank you, God, that I'm becoming stronger. Thank you. It's instead to pray that way in Thanksgiving is, God, this is a good thing that I, I desire, and I'm not going to plead in pathetic desperation. I'm going to thank you that you're doing it because I know you're powerful enough to do it, and I'm going to speak this into existence because it is your will, because it is a good thing. Now, of course, you don't want to do that in evil things. Thank you, God that you're going to make my boyfriend suffer because he's cheating on me or something like that. That's not good. I don't think that's a good thing. Praying for people's suffering, let's not do that. But thanking God that, you know, you're desiring 
a healthier lifestyle that you are desiring for divine appointments to be able to share the truth with others that you are desiring for grace and favor with others that you wouldn't have expected otherwise there's all kinds of things we can thank god for and it's a good thing and then praying for others is so important as well not just for ourselves and if you don't know what, how to pray for others or what to pray for others, then you're not listening to people. People, even if they're not trying to, they're telling you what they need. And so you can just listen a little bit and figure out, okay, well, this person's really worried about this or they're really worried about that. Like recently, I had a friend that she was very worried about a party that she was going to be hosting and that if the people would enjoy it, if it would go well, if they would pay their part, like all this kind of stuff. Well, that's obviously something she wants prayer for. She's not going to say it. You know, she's not in the mindset to say that, but we can pray for that. And we can give God the glory. It, it's powerful. It's powerful stuff. And God will open doors for us as we pray. It's, it's petitioning. Yeah, if somebody asks me something, I, I'm more likely to do it for them. If they don't ask me, how am I supposed to know what they want? And God always knows our wants and our needs, but that is a beautiful thing. He wants that partnership. He wants that relationship. Be like saying, I want to be best friends with you without ever talking to you. Well, I don't think that's really going to work. We have to talk. We have to talk, okay? Yeah, we may have chains in our lives. We may have strongholds. But it doesn't have to be that way. And we can thank God that he is removing chains in our lives. And that's good news. I think that's great news, actually. No matter what, even though there's terrible things going on in the world, we can petition to God and we can be so close to him because the reality is that this, in a sense, is all a simulation. It, it's not so important. The things that we think are important five years from now probably won't be. The little troubles that we have, the trials... But ultimately, are we getting close to God throughout all of it? That's really the question. So I think I'm going to leave you there, you know, because I think we talked enough. You know me. I can go on and on and on all day. But I appreciate you guys so much for listening, for giving me your time, for being awesome and kind. And I thank God for you guys. Have a good day.